Welcome to Beyond the Bridge with psychic medium and animal communicator, Samantha Jones. We are glad you are here and hope you enjoy the next hour where Samantha and her guest will help connect you to the magic of the universe, as well as to your loved ones and pets, both here and beyond the bridge. And now, Samantha Jones. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. I am your host, Samantha Jones, and I am so happy that you are all here today. I hope that you are having a beautiful day and a beautiful week. Today is actually the last day of May, which means we're coming upon June, which is one of my favorite months because my birthday is in June. Uh, But it's also a great month for new energy. Summer is coming. So going into the new month, let's try and make it a good one and manifest some wonderful things for ourselves going forward. This week, my topic is going to be moving on from grief, which can be a very heavy topic, of course, but I think that grief, especially when talking about the universe, is very important. I had originally planned to do an episode this week about reincarnation, which I promise that I will still do, but the universe has this way of showing me when I need to do something else, and that's exactly what it did this week, is it showed me that it's important for me to talk about grief. Over the last few weeks, I have seen a side of grief that I hadn't seen in a long time. It wasn't my own grief, but actually the grief of a young woman that was seeking my help in my Facebook reading group, as well as another lady that I did a private reading for. My main goal with this job, with the radio show, with everything that I do is to help people. And one of the main things that I need to help people with is their grief. I love to do readings on living pets and on living people, but I know that the most healing that I can give someone comes from readings of with their lost um, pets, their you know their p- pets that have passed away or their loved ones that have passed away. Those are very very healing readings, and I I know for myself because people tell me, but also because that's what helped me to get through the loss of my mom. Most of the work that I do, I do for free. I do uh, paid readings, obviously, but I don't know if you guys realize this, but this show, I actually don't get paid to do. Radio, you get paid by sponsors, and I don't have any sponsors yet because my show is still kind of new. So I do this for free. I also do the other podcast for free. I have a blog, and then I have my free reading group. And I do this because I want to help people and this, the universe pays me in different ways. So I don't have to get paid by people. I get paid different ways. And that makes me able to do this much work for free. My free reading group, if you're not familiar with it, is on Facebook. It is called Free Pet and Psychic Medium Readings with Samantha Jones. And I've been running this group for about four years. There's about 6,500 members in this group. And it averages probably 20 plus new posts a day. And most of these posts, I would say of those 20, 18 of them are probably people that have pets that have passed away or loved ones that have passed away. But it usually has something to do with grief, which I'm sure as you all can understand that when you work with grief all the time, it can get exhausting. And so I I like those living pets and the living people because it allows me to raise my vibration back up and not feel so much of that grief. But because there's so many people in my reading group and I get so many posts and I do so many other things for work, 
I don't have a lot of time to do the readings in the group. I usually spend about a half hour to an hour a day in the morning doing those readings. And for a lot of people, it's hard for them to understand that I can't get to everybody. So that's what happened this week was that there was a woman that had posted in my group. I don't know, four weeks or so ago. I think the post said May 9th. Um, so a little less than that. And I didn't get to her and I did interact with her, but it wasn't what she wanted from me. It, it did not go well. Let's just put it that way. Um, and because I did not get to her reading and she was grieving, she got very upset. And to make a very long story short, has trashed me all over social media, has my husband, my husband's um, business, all kinds of places. She's saying horrible things about me. Why did she do this? This is a question that I had to ask myself. And this is why I feel that the universe pushed me into this episode. This woman is so, so deeply in grief. And I feel so sorry for her. She's having such a hard time getting over the loss of her pet that she doesn't know how to process her grief. And I tried. I really did. I apologized to her uh, for the things that upset her. But it wasn't enough. And sometimes when we're grieving, there is nothing that somebody can do to make us feel better. And a lot of times we end up taking our grief out on other people. There was also another issue that I had a couple of weeks ago. And it's interesting that these all these are very different type of experiences that I've had before. I haven't had these things happen before. So the fact for two of them to happen in a couple of weeks is really interesting. But the other one was a phone reading that I did for a lady that was grieving also the loss of a pet. And before I even started the reading, the woman or the, the other side, I heard them say this woman is blocked and she's not going, this reading is not going to go well. I actually felt like almost saying to her, maybe we should do this another time. But I knew that she was grieving and she was looking for some comfort from me. So I did everything that I could to give her that comfort. I answered all of her questions. But the problem was is I would say to her something and it wouldn't be exactly what she wanted to hear. So she said to me at one point, I want to know if my dog's okay. And I want to know what she does all day on the other side. And that will be validation for me. And I said, but I gave you those things already. I, I told you she's okay. I gave you who she's with on the other side. Um, there was a man that came through in that reading that she didn't recognize, which happens a lot of times. And then once people have a moment to step back, they go, oh, I know who that was. So she was like, I don't know that person. She was very, very deep in grief and couldn't handle it in a way where we could really do this reading and have it get through to her. At the end, she broke down a little bit and she actually started saying things like, you know, I needed this in the reading and you said this, which which was what I needed. But it, she was so confused and so wrapped up in her own grief. And it's hard for me because I really, really want to help people. And I really wish that those two women that they could have walked away with from an experience with me feeling like they were satisfied and that they are able to um you know heal from their grief a little bit but unfortunately i can't help everybody and a lot of times grief will shut people down but these experiences i i learn from them every time that something happens when I started doing this job, I was really concerned about the negativity that I would be exposed to, like thinking that people, it would be like all about, you know, the people don't believe this, or I would give them a bad reading. But what I have found is that it's grief. It's grief that makes the people angry, that makes them defensive, that makes them not want to listen to you. It's grief. And I get it. 
I get it because I've been there. I suffered the worst grief that I've experienced in my life so far when my mom passed and I was 26 years old and it was a horrible, horrible loss. And I remember after she passed away, wanting to blame absolutely everybody for the fact that she died. Everybody. I wanted to blame her doctor. I wanted to blame the manufacturer of the pills that she was on. I wanted to blame my cousin because he yelled at her the morning that she passed away. I wanted to blame the cleaning lady for not getting there before my mom passed. You want to blame people. And when you can't blame them, you want to be angry at them. These are all normal, natural parts of grief. But a lot of times we don't even realize that we're doing them. And we don't see that there are other people that are involved. And a lot of times these people are trying to help us. I really want to be able to open people's eyes to what is going on on the other side, because I feel like if people know that the other side is beautiful and that when we leave this world, we don't actually die. I feel like this can help a lot of people with their grief. Grief sucks, right? And I did a, a an episode on this. So if you are if you are just kind of going into grief or you're still kind of stuck in it, that might be a good episode for you. Or just if you can relate to the fact that grief sucks, maybe go back and listen to that episode because it will fill in the gaps that aren't in this episode. Grief is also a very personal experience. Um, and most of us, if not all of us, do experience it at some point in our life. Grief is a process and it can impact you not just emotionally, but but behaviorally, physically, socially, cognitively, spiritually, any way that you can think of that your body produces emotions or feelings, grief can affect that. It can make you feel sick physically just because you are you have a broken heart. People do die from a broken heart. It is a proven fact. It can happen. That is extreme grief. And that's definitely not something that the other side wants to see us do to ourselves. Loss can also come in many forms. It's not just the passing of an animal or a loved one. Grief can also come from the loss of a friendship or a job or a spouse, a romantic partner, as well as even like a diagnosis of your own illness and being confronted with your own mortality. Those are also things that can bring on the feeling of grief. My great Dane, he uh, has really high liver enzymes and they doubled in one month. And I grieved him. I felt before we even got a diagnosis, which honestly we never did. It seems like everything's okay. But I grieved him because he, he was sick and I was worried. Oh my gosh, you know, he's a great Dane. They don't usually live very long. I grieved him before he even passed away. <laughs> he's still alive. He's still doing okay. But we do this to ourselves. We have this way of, of grieving these things in our life, um, even when they're still here. The experience of grief can bring on a lot of post-traumatic stress, which for some of us that have experienced grief before, that's why when other things happen, we can fall so fast and so deep is because that feeling of grief comes back. And one of the things that terrifies me the most is that when I like this, like what happened with my great Dane, I don't want to feel that pain again. I don't want to feel the grief, especially the sudden loss. I appreciate knowing if there's something wrong with one of my animals or with somebody in my life before they pass away so that I can prepare because the unexpected loss was what knocked me off my feet. It was so, so difficult. So 
we're, but we're not like we do this weird thing. And I know I'm not the only one that's done it because I, I've talked to a lot of people that do, but it's like, we prepare ourselves, you know, before this even happens. And the universe doesn't want us to do that. It doesn't want us to fear death. It doesn't want us to look at death as the, at, as the end, like I said, because it's not the end. It's actually a cycle. When we die, we go to this place called heaven. And when we are in heaven, we can help our loved ones. We learn up there. We grow. We get ready to come back to the next life. So we are alive. We're just living as a soul without this body. This body is what makes us have this life here. But in heaven, we don't need the body. So it's not there, but we are still very much alive. The grief experience is also really full of ups and downs, and it's not ever really linear. So if you're expecting that, you know, you're just going to go on this path of it's going to get worse and then it's going to get better. It's not realistic. Grief is really like a roller coaster. It's all over the place. And I've, I've learned this even with watching some of my clients, but like for myself, for example, my mom's been gone. 26 years. No, 29. Wait a minute. How long has she been gone? Yeah, since 2004. 29. No, 19 years. Sorry. My math. 19 years she's been gone. That's a long time. That's a long time. And, you know, there's no rules. But in my eyes, that's a long time to still be mourning the loss of somebody, especially because I feel her and I talk to her every day. But it's not the same. And I, I recognize that with my clients, that even though you can talk to them through me or you know that they're around and you can feel them, that doesn't satisfy that need for them to be there in the physical way. The other day when this happened with that young lady and um, my day was also bad because there were other things going on. I went to the cemetery where my mom is buried. This is my go to. And a lot of people think that's crazy or that there's no reason for that. But I think, and I tell my clients this, that if you find comfort by going to the cemetery where their body is, then you go to the cemetery. It's not about them. It's about you. They're not there. My mom's with me, whether I'm here at the grocery store in another state or at the cemetery, she's going to be with me. But our loved ones aren't sitting there at the cemetery waiting for us. But for me, I know that on a day like that, where I need comfort, where I need somebody to just give me a hug and tell me it's going to be okay and you're a good person and all of this is going to blow over, that I don't have anybody here like that. Like my family, I don't have a mother, grandmother, an aunt. My brother doesn't live here. My sister doesn't live here. But where would I go if my mom was still alive? I would go to her house. So I go to the cemetery. And I sit there and I cry and I talk to her just as I would if I was going to her house. And emotionally, that does something for me. But a lot of people might not understand that if they're not in the grieving process. So I point this out because whatever you're doing in this process, it's so, so personal. And you're going to feel things. You're going to be compelled to go places like that. Um, I also a lot of times feel compelled to drive by the homes that I grew up in. They um, bring that nostalgia, which helps me to heal a little bit, to feel that connection. All of these things are 
they're healthy for us if we make them healthy for us. If we recognize that this is helping with my grief, I'm not doing this to make myself more sad. I'm doing this to find the nostalgia, to find the connection of my loved one that is gone with your pets too. You know, I I love to see when people will do things like I I was actually, I did a reading for a lady yesterday and I hope I didn't ruin the surprise for her, but I saw this necklace that she's going to be getting that somebody is going to give her where she can put the ashes of her dog in there. And I think that is so beautiful. I have a client that has, I think she has a bracelet with some of her husband's ashes. It's for you. It's, it's, if that helps you in your grieving process, if looking down at that bracelet and seeing that, you know, your husband's ashes are there makes you feel closer to him, then you do that. Or, you know, the necklace or going to the cemetery or whatever it does that makes you feel like you're getting some comfort in your grief or processing things, you do it. Whether it's a day after the passing, a month, a year, or like myself, 19 years, as as long as I have access to my mother like that at the cemetery, if while I'm in California, I will probably do that because it is comforting to me as much as other people might not understand that it does help with the grieving process and is very super normal. So let's go ahead and take a break now. When we come back, we're going to talk about some things of how to move on from the grief because it really is important and it's hard because I think a lot of times we're waiting for this moment where it's just not going to hurt anymore or we're waiting for somebody to come into our lives to take the pain away. But really the only person that has that kind of control over you is yourself. So in the next part, we're going to talk about how we can do that, how we can try and move away from the grief and go back to living our lives the way that our loved ones on the other side would like us to. So stay tuned, everyone. We will be right back after this quick break. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Have you ever suffered grief from the loss of a loved one or pet? Do you ask yourself questions like where did they go and what are they doing? Do you have guilt for things left unsaid or feel the need for answers about the loss you never received? Join Samantha Jones, psychic medium and animal communicator, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where her and her guests will discuss all things beyond the bridge. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests, or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show with Samantha. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope that you are enjoying the episode so far. I know that grief is a heavy topic to talk about, but you know what? I think when we find people that we can relate to that have been there and understand, it can help us. It can help us in a different way. And that's what I'm hoping to do today. I'm hoping that some of you will walk away from this episode today feeling understood, feeling heard, even though we're not talking to each other, that you know that there are other people out there that feel the same way that you do, that have been through similar things. All of our stories are different. Our grief is never the same as somebody else's. Like I said before, it's a very personal experience. But when you go through that grief, for whatever reason, whether it's divorce or or loss or loss of a job, whatever it is, know that there are so many people out there that understand. Now, the other, there are people that won't understand, that have never lost somebody close to them or have only had minor losses in their life. And those people won't understand as much and they may be harder for you to talk to and to deal with, but don't take it personally because it's not personal. It's just about the fact that some people can't relate and you just keep doing you and moving on in your grief journey, however you need to do that. One of the things that I did after my mom passed away, and I did this a lot, I loved talking about her. I still do. I could sit and tell stories about her all day long. I don't know why. It just, it makes me feel good. But after she passed away, I would like go to the grocery store and, you know, the cashier would say, how are you today? And I'd be like, not real good. My mom died. Like, that's, that's harsh. Like, how does the cashier respond to that? But I wanted everybody to know, for whatever reason, it made me feel better for people to understand that I was suffering, that I was in pain. And a lot of times people will actually suck you into their pain. They will bring you into their grief, like kind of what happened to me earlier this week, because it makes them feel better about the grief that they're going through if they know that somebody is suffering with them. So try and remember that when going through your grieving process is that people will understand, but they're not going to understand entirely. And don't take these people personally if they don't understand and, you know, they they can uh, say things and stuff like that. So here's some things that we can do, some things that the universe has shared with me, some things that I did to try and move on in my grief that will help. Now, any kind of change in your life that is not, you know, like, like a loss or sudden or whatever, it takes time, right? Like if you're trying to make a change with yourself, it doesn't just happen overnight. You you have to take baby steps. So don't think ever that your grief is going to be here today and gone tomorrow because it's not. And that's okay. You're always going to miss that person. You're always going to love or the animal. You're always going to miss them and you're always going to love them. It's just that over time, the grief, it's needs to start to get better. There's usually a peak that we hit 
you know, in, in the grieving process where it gets to its worst. And then we start to get a little bit better from there. But you know what? Everybody grows and heals at their own rate. So don't ever like put yourself down or feel like you have to stick to a timeline of how to heal or when to heal from your grief, because there is no timeline. It's all on your terms. Now, one thing that I will say that I did and that the universe has told me many times to tell my clients not to do this is that we have a tendency of doing behaviors that prolong the grief. So for example, one of the things that I did after my mom died is I listened to every sad song that reminded me of her. I made a playlist and at the time I was a pet sitter. So I would get in my car and I would put the playlist on and it was all these sad songs, one after the other, after the other. And I felt like I was honoring her with this. I, I thought it was making me feel better. I thought it was doing what it was supposed to be doing, but I was actually really making my grief worse uh, because music is very emotional and it's very moving. And if you sit and listen to sad music, even if you're happy, it will probably start to make you sad. My grandmother, her favorite song, I can't remember who did it, but it's called Bring in the Clowns. And this song was very slow and depressing. And every time my grandma would put it on, it would like suck the energy right out of me. And I hated it. And I had to tell her at one point, please don't play it anymore because it literally sucks the happiness out of me. Music can do that even when you're happy. So what I did when I started realizing that this is what I was doing and what I do now is I try not to listen to those sad songs unless they come on the radio or if I need to feel some kind of connection, like if I'm crying over my mom or I feel like I need to cry over her, then I might listen to the songs that make me cry over her. But if I'm just feeling like I need you know, a connection or I'm missing her or whatever, I'll listen to songs that are more positive. So for example, one of the most brutal songs that um, I listened to when she first passed away was Evanescence, My Immortal. And it's a very, very somber song. And even now, if it comes on in the car, sometimes I'll listen to it. Uh, I don't choose it. <laughs> I don't. If it comes on my playlist when I'm listening to music, I skip over it because it takes me down. It brings me into that emotion, and I can start crying from that. So I some other some songs that I replaced with that song and with like Hoobastank, the reason are songs like "Better in Time" by Leona Lewis. She's talking about how it hurts so bad right now, but she knows it's going to get better and she knows that she's going to be able to move on from this loss in time. Um, I heard Yesterday Everywhere by Michelle Branch, and that's another one. It talks about, I know you're here. I can't prove it to anybody, but I feel you and, and you're doing all of these things that make me recognize that you're around. These types of songs will more lift us up. They have a better beat to them. So I started replacing when I need to listen to music that reminds me of my mom. I started replacing it with songs like that or things that remind me of her like Whoomp, There It Is, because she used to hate that song and tell me to shut it off. She would come to my room and say, I hear Whoomp, There It Is one more time. So that one makes me laugh. Things like that. We need to uh, bring in the, the happy memories and the happiness and try and push out all of these things that we do to keep ourselves locked in this emotional state, even when we don't realize that we're doing it. I didn't know. I, I really, I didn't know that that's what I was doing when I was doing it, but I absolutely recognize it now. Also, we do this blame game. And I hear this from... I would say 90% of the clients that I work with, one of the top 
questions that or top things that they say to me is I feel guilty. I feel like I could have done something else. And I recognize this with two of the biggest losses I've had, my mom and then one of my dogs, right? So with my mom, I always felt like she was crying wolf. I never really believed her because I knew that she did this to herself. Like she passed away after a a struggle with, uh, uh, what is it called? Fentanyl and being in and out of the hospital because she wanted her fentanyl. And she did it to herself. Everything that she did, she did to herself. But I felt guilty. I felt like if I would have spent more time with her, if I wouldn't have moved to Las Vegas, if I would have done this or that. And then same with my dog, Sierra, that died from hemangiosarcoma. Maybe there's something that I didn't see that I should have been paying attention to. That morning, Sierra was staring at me and she was like bothering me. She was whining at me and I didn't know what she was trying to say to me. And I wasn't in the greatest mood, I remember. And I was like, go away. And I do this to my dog sometimes too, right? You know, I, I think we all do this. We're like, oh my gosh, you're making me crazy. Um, but I look back to that moment and I go, oh, remember that? How you never let that go, that you weren't, you know, all lovey-dovey with Sierra that morning before she passed away. This is the guilt that we do. And it can stick with us with a for a very long time because Sierra died in 2006. And I still do this. So these kinds of things can absolutely, we blame ourselves. Uh, I could have done something, but you can't. As much as I wish that I could say to you, there was something that you could have done. No matter what the situation is, we die when we're supposed to die. There's there's no getting around it. There's no putting it off. It happens when it's supposed to happen. So if your loved one passed away, like like my mother, she was supposed to pass away. She was given chances to make her life better. And she didn't take those chances. And so it was time for her to go. But at the beginning of things, I couldn't see that. I could only see the loss that I was suffering. I could only see how much pain that I was in. But after the years of her being gone, I realized there was nothing I could have done. She was the only one that had control over the situation. And this went the way it needed to, because if she would have kept living, she would have been even more miserable. So we have to try and look at those things a little bit logically too. you know, when we have a loved one that, you know, dies, maybe of a drug overdose or suicide or something that's tragic like that. And we go, I wish there was something I could have done. Well, there really isn't. It's up to that person. You know, it's up to that person to try and want to fix their life. And on the other side, their higher self and their loved ones are trying to help them. But there comes a point where they their higher self gives up and says, okay, it's time to come back. Let's come back. Let's come to heaven and let's learn some things and see what we could do different next time, how we can do it, go back next time and not have to relive these things again. Because if we don't learn them the first time we're here, you know, we have to come back. So yeah, so that the blame him. Okay? Uh, let's see what else. Um, don't ignore your pain. Some people will try and pretend that they're not grieving, that it doesn't hurt, that it's not a big deal. But trying to ignore your pain or keep it from surfacing will only make it worse in the long run. To heal, you have to face the grief and actively deal with it. And it, and that can be really, really hard because it means feeling your feelings. And I know for myself, there were days where I was like, I I can't, I can't feel this anymore. And my go-to when I don't want to feel anymore is I go to sleep. And so I slept a lot after my mom passed away because it was, you know, how, how I would curb that feeling of, oh, I can't deal with this anymore. 
but that wasn't helping. I look back at that now and I go, the amount of sleep that I got during that time was prolonging my agony because I just kept waking up and it was right there. So we have to deal with it. And there's so many different ways that we can do that and overcome it. But I will tell you, and I'm not just saying this because I am a medium, the way that I was able to move past my mom, the number one thing that helped me was a medium. I never would have thought that, but I tried everything to deal with this pain by myself and with support groups. I went to therapy. I tried everything, but going back to like that blame, you know, and all of those things that maybe you left unsaid, those were the things that I was having a really hard time getting over. Not just the fact that she wasn't, her presence wasn't there anymore, but all of those things that I did to her and that she did to me that were left unsaid those were just stuck inside of me and they were festering and I couldn't get past it. And so a medium, that medium that I saw, she was able to open that line of communication between me and my mom, because I knew that she was around me. I could feel her. I could see the signs that she was giving me, but I didn't know what they meant. And I know there's a lot of you listening right now that don't know what those signs mean. You don't know what your loved one is trying to tell you. And I didn't either. So this medium was able to open it up for me and say, your mother is here and she's helping you and she will always be here helping you. And I was given proof of that. Like she told me things that she couldn't possibly have known, just like what I do for my clients now. And we healed this, my mother and I. I mean, obviously I still mourned and I grieve and I still to this day, I grieve. But being able to say to her, I'm so sorry for the things that I did and to hear her say, I'm so sorry for the things that I did back to me, it healed. And so these are the things that we need to do to try and deal with our pain as hard as they are that day. Going to that medium was very hard for me. I cried a lot, but when I left there, I remember getting in my car and just sighing with relief of like, oh my gosh, maybe I can start to put my life back together at this point because I had let everything, everything go to hell after my mom died. My marriage, my business, everything was just completely falling apart because I did not have it inside of me to take care of those things. But this medium, she helped me to be able to get my life back. So don't ignore your pain. Find places that you can go to to get help for it, whether it is a medium or a support group. And I'm not saying the support groups didn't help or, you know, whatever the the therapy, they helped in their own way. I even got like, now you could probably find it on the internet, but I got like workbooks and things that helped me to try and process my emotions and see that there are, are, I am not alone, you know, because people will say stuff to you like, you know, oh, She's with God now. She's where she's supposed to be. And, you know, while they can say that to me now, and, and I'm cool with that because they're right, at that time, I did not want to hear that. I wanted God to give me my mother back. How dare he take her take her from me? I want her back. But that's not how it works. And God didn't do this. And, you know, we have to find a way to understand that death is there's no avoiding it. There's no cheating it. We're going to go through it. Everybody we know is going to go through it. If we choose to have animals, pretty pretty much going to, you know, guarantee that your pet's going to die before you unless you're sick or really old or, you know, you are, are in an accident or something, you're going to outlive your pets and you're going to have to face that grief. And it sucks whether the pet was, you know, 
six weeks, six years, 16 years when they died, it doesn't matter. It hurts all the same, but we have to recognize that we need to move past that pain at some point and try and put things back together and stop ignoring the pain or stop prolonging it and try our best to find something that will help us to be able to move on. So I still have a long list of things here for you, but we're going to go ahead and take our next break. I hope everyone is doing okay so far and enjoying this episode. If there's anybody that would like a reading from me, or if you are having a problem processing your grief or would like to talk to me, please feel free to call into the show. The number is 888-346-9141. I will take callers after the break. So stay tuned, everyone. We will be right back. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Dr. Connie Mariano is a groundbreaker. She was the White House physician to three presidents, toured the world on Air Force One, and has had countless amazing experiences. The one thing that life didn't prepare her for was becoming a widow. After losing her beloved husband, John, in a tragic accident, Dr. Connie joined the one million women who were widowed in the United States each year. While her journey as a widow has been one of intense grief and sorrow, it has also been one of extraordinary growth and rebirth. Now, Dr. Connie is sharing what she's learned, joined by her knowledgeable guests to help anyone struggling with this deeply personal and often lonely journey of their own. Tune into The Widow's Walk, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests, or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show with Samantha. Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, we are talking about moving on from grief. And I wanted to explain something that when I say moving on, 
that doesn't mean forgetting. It doesn't mean it never happened. It doesn't mean that you have, you know, you will remember your loved one. What it means is that you've accepted the loss. You can move on with your life and you can keep the memory of someone or or something that you've lost as an important part of you. But as we move through life, these memories can become more and more integral to defining the, the people that we are. So we want to try and remember the good. That's something that our loved ones on the other side really want us to do when it comes to the grieving process is to try and remember the good. When I talk to people a lot of times, the things that they want to talk about are the bad things. I'm sorry that I wasn't there for you at this time or for pets. You know, I'm sorry that I worked so much or or whatever, but our our pets and our loved ones, they don't want us to reflect on those memories. They want us to reflect on the good memories, on the happy memories, on the things that we love doing with them. And they want us to continue to do those things that we used to do with them. That's another thing. It's it's like, oh, I'll never go to that restaurant again because I went there with my mother. Or I'll never go to that park again because I took my dog there. Or I'll never watch this show again because... It came on shortly after my loved one died. You know what I mean? Like those things, they don't want us to do that. They want us to go on and go. I want to go like, like for my mom's death day, I like to a lot of times do things that she liked to do, especially at the beginning after she passed, like for the first 10 years, I would do things that I know she'd enjoy doing, going to her favorite restaurant or whatever. I would use the day to remember her in a positive way, not in a negative way. It took me a few years to do that. Uh, because I did feel at first, I, I felt like I was um, doing her an injustice by not mourning her in the way, like if I wasn't crying or hurting or being miserable, I felt like I wasn't grieving her properly. And that's that's wrong. That's not what they want from us. There's going to be emotions all over the place. You're going to be sad one moment, you know, especially when the when the memories come in, things can be absolutely all over the place. Um, so we just have to, you know, try our best to remember the positives, the the things that they love to do and continue to carry on their legacy and not let it die with them because we're sad, because that's we're supposed to carry it on. We're supposed to, you know, like I really I love like I said, I love to talk about my mom. And unfortunately, because of the work that I do and because my life is so out there for everybody to see, you know, between this show and and the other podcast, I have to be honest about my experiences growing up with my mother and that she was not a good mother, but I love her and I miss her every single day. And so I don't focus on those negative things anymore. I don't think about as much as I can, unless I'm actively working on healing or, you know, talking about a situation. I don't live in those memories of my mother. I live in the happy memories. I try and um, live the way that I think she would want me to live. I started at first after she passed, and this is another thing they don't want us to do, is um, I started doing things that she would do, the bad habits. I got really heavily into opioids and and stuff like that, and, and I, I went away I shouldn't have gone because, again, I thought that that was memorializing her, and that's not what they want us to do. They want us to take care of ourselves, and that's another thing on my list is that we need to take care of ourselves, not just uh, emotionally, but physically. 
because we hold all of this stuff inside, right? Or even when we don't, it still affects us physically. You can make yourself sick with the grief. I remember like after my mom passed away, I I, I sighed a lot. I was always... <laughs> And I didn't mean to do it. And I catch myself now when I'm having a really bad day or I'm really depressed in that sighing. And I realize that that's our body's way of trying to help us relieve some anxiety. And it's our body's way of showing us that we're not processing the things that we need to process the right way. We're not handling them in a way that's healthy for us. So self-care becomes really, really important in this, taking care of yourself, um, you know, whatever it is, go get a massage, go get a pedicure. That's something that I would do too. My mom loved to get a massage or a facial or whatever. So I would do that. And that's, you know, self-care, it's taking care of myself, but it's also doing something that she enjoyed doing. But they want us to take care of ourselves. They want us to keep living healthy here. And when we do these things that hurt our bodies or we don't self-care, they don't, they don't like that. They want us to be good to ourselves. Something else that can help you with moving on from your grief is talking to them. They can hear you. I promise you, they can hear you. And if you listen close enough or you look for the signs, you'll see that they're talking back to you. So anytime that you feel like you have a problem and you don't have somebody to talk to or you wish that, you know, your dog was there for you to love and comfort you, you can even talk to your pets. They will listen. They are there just like they were in life. They're there and they will listen and they love it when you do that. And you can ask them for things too. They know really what it is that, you know, we want in our lives and they know if, you know, we're, we're suffering from grief and whatnot, but they love us to ask them for the help and for the comfort. And so when we bring them in, when we say to them, I could really use your help they will help you. Absolutely. I guarantee you. So if you're feeling in that place, don't be afraid to ask your loved ones for help, for guidance, for anything, because they will do everything that they can to show you. A lot of people ask me or they say, I want my loved one to come to me in a dream. And a lot of times the spirits will tell me I've tried. I'm doing the best that I can, but there's two sides to this. There's two sides to the signs and their visits is that they can only do so much. So if you're in this deep state of grief, it's harder for them to get those signs through to you. And the same comes with dreams. Um, I can't remember exactly what parts of it, our brain it is that we process the dreams with, but there is one part that if it wakes up last, you don't remember your dreams. Ever since I found out about this, if there is a reason why I would like to remember a dream, like sometimes if I'm really confused about life, I'll say, can you just give me a dream that like with a hint of something that I need to know? And I set that intention to remember the dream. We can do this with our loved ones too. I really want a visit from my cat. I really want a visit from, you know, my dad, whatever I would like to remember. I'm setting the intention before I go to bed to remember the dream and for them to come and visit me. And I have a lot of people that come back to me and say it worked that they dreamt about their loved one that night. And so that is definitely something to give a try to if you're not actively able to dream about them. I do like to point out too that not all dreams about your loved ones are going to be visit dreams. The visit dreams are the ones that feel good. They're the ones that you wake up from and you're like, whoa, <laughs> did I just spend time with that animal or that person? Or was that actually them? Were they here right here in the room? 
like they fill you with this energy that you still feel when you wake up. So the dreams that are visit dreams, you will probably feel different from those where there's dreams that are not visit dreams. Like for myself, I had repetitive nightmares about my mom. I had two of them, one that I buried her alive and one that she was in the witness protection program. And like the witness protection program one messed with my head more because most of the times when I had that dream, I would walk into a room in this dream and my mother would be sitting in a chair with this look on her face like you destroyed my life by selling all my stuff. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, she has no home. She has no stuff. That was not a visit dream. That was my own insecurity, you know, first of all, trying to ignore the fact that she had actually passed away, you know, because there's that part of you that's like, no, this can't be real. This isn't actually happening. And we get stuck in that spot of no, no, no. And that's where those dreams were coming from was like, there has to be another explanation to this. There, She's either in the witness protection program or, or she's alive somewhere. You know what I mean? That's the way my brain was processing this. And that's why I had those dreams. So those are, are not visit dreams when they are bad like that. I just so you know so that you don't interpret them the wrong way. Um, be gentle on yourself. They This will help you absolutely to be able to come out of the grief. Be gentle on other people too. I remember when I went through a lot of my grief that I wasn't nice to other people because I didn't care about how they felt. I felt miserable, so why shouldn't they feel miserable too? But that's not how we heal and that's not what the universe wants us to do. So we have to try and be nice to ourselves, try and be nice to other people. There's ways of, you know, if you need help, a lot of times this is how people reach out for help is by being angry and aggressive, and they just want somebody to tell them it's going to be okay. But people don't always recognize that. So if you need somebody, if you need a hug, if you need somebody to tell you it's going to be okay, don't be ashamed to ask for that. That will help you in your healing. If you know, you're know you having a hard day and you just need a hug, ask somebody for that hug. Don't be ashamed to talk about your loved one too, because even though it might seem like talking about them is keeping you trapped in those memories of them, it's not. It's helping you to process the loss. So like, I don't care. I'll talk about my mom all day long. You don't want to listen to me. You don't need to talk to me. Like, you know, and maybe that's the wrong way of looking at it, but I love to talk about her because I know it's healing to me and it makes me feel closer to her. So be gentle on yourself, be gentle on others, be gentle on your loved ones on the other side, because that's another thing that we tend to do is how could you leave me? How could you, you know, and, and especially with like suicide. And I, I get that because I have sometimes when, you know, like celebrities commit suicide, I think to myself, how could they do that? Like there was the guy that was the Ellen DJ. I can't remember his name. Twitch. Was that it? Uh, and I thought, man, his wife and his kids, he looks like he has a beautiful family. He looked like he had it all, but we didn't know what was actually going on inside of his head. For me, I know that after my mom died, that was one thing that I did. How could you leave me? Now I'm here by myself. Now I have nobody, which wasn't true. I still had my grandmother. I still had other people, but I felt like she abandoned me. And that's not what they're doing. We have to remember that the life that we each individually live is our own lives. And when people pass away, that's the end of their story for now. That's the end of their time on this earth, but it's not the end of ours. A lot of times it's just the beginning. A lot of times, like in my situation, I was pushed to deal with this and to have this grief come into my life for a reason, so that I could help you, so that I could understand the grief 
and understand how it feels and the pain of it and how long it can take to get over something like that and all of the horrible feelings that you feel while you're going through that and the things that people say and and all of it. I feel it. I know it. I've been there. And so sometimes these things, they happen to us to help us for other areas of our life. And it can be very hard to understand that. Same with my dog, Sierra. I feel like it's all happened the way that it is supposed to, even though for me, I would get mad. Why'd you leave me? How could you leave me? Why did you do that? If you can't seem to move on from your grief, that is okay. It is normal to be stuck in grief, but don't allow yourself to sit there forever. Get some help, whether it's from myself, like a medium or another medium. Um, obviously I can't help everybody. I wish that I could, you know, I have the free reading group and I love for you guys to post in there, but I can't help everyone. So if it's not me that helps you go to somebody else, find another medium or animal communicator, find somebody that can help you with that loss because it really does help. It's not a bandaid. It, that's one of the few things that I found that really was helpful. It didn't put the bandaid back on it. Um, but yeah, again, going to therapy or group counseling or whatever you need to do, but do make it a point to move past it, to allow yourself at some point to understand that, okay, this is my life. I'm still here. I have family that needs me. I have a job, whatever it is. I have animals. I, I have many, many years of my life ahead of me. That person is now living their life or that animal is living their life on the other side. We will be reunited at some point, but now I have to move on with my life. They want us to say that. They want us to move on. They don't want us to sit in this spot. And it's hard to understand that because we think so much like humans and we think with this ego and everything, but that is what they want from us is to move on past the grief. Again, no timeline in how to do it, but my personal experience is I let it go for like three years with my mom and I wish I wouldn't. I really wish... I wish I could have cut it down to a year. I'll be honest, like of the deep suffering, I think that would have been okay. But we have to do things the way that we do them and we learn from that. So don't beat yourself up again. So I hope that everybody got something out of this today. And I hope that um, you can go through your week and maybe feel a little bit better about your grief and, and think about some of these things when moving on. And next week, I will be back here, same place, same time. And next week is the beginning of Pride. This is Pride Starts tomorrow. So next week is going to be our Pride episode. If you'd like to find me until then, samanthajonespsychicmedium.com. I hope everybody has a wonderful week. And until next week, peace and love, friends. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. We hope you will join Samantha and next week's guest for more eye-opening ways to connect to the universe. Until next week, peace and love.